Hey, hey, Michigan Maniacs, this is the Michigan Football Rant, and I am your host, Adam Brewer. This is the big game pregame, Maryland. But before we get into it, guys, um, obviously you can find me on uh, YouTube and uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook fan page. I was on Twitter. I despise Twitter, to be quite honest with you. It's just so annoying. And I have better things to do than to mess around with Twitter. So you will not find me there active anyways. So um, go ahead and like and share and do all that wonderful stuff. Uh, Please uh, just let people know if they do, if they enjoy a real take on Michigan, uh, I'm the place to go. Now, if you want like, you know, stats or insider insights or, you know, I've the people who have actual ties to the team you know hey i listen to them too you know and i enjoy i enjoy their content but if you want someone who can bring a funny take to things or just actually show real emotion when it comes to the great things that michigan does or the dumb things that michigan does i'm the place to go so moving forward um let's do this uh so I've looked at Maryland somewhat, and uh, they're an interesting team, in my opinion. Uh, I they don't really strike fear into my heart. Like I'm not actually nervous that Michigan will lose this game. Now, I mean, this is the first team though that we will play. If we dick around, we will definitely lose or have a very good chance of losing. Right? You can't give a subpar performance and then hope to eke this one out. I mean, I guess we could because we have better talent than they do, but not much. I mean, we're we're up there, but they're fast coming. Like they've got a really good wide receiver group. They have a decent running back. And Talia is a pretty decent quarterback. I mean, he's—I don't think he's much like his brother, but he's—he's he's pretty decent. I mean, he can throw on the run. He can—he can move. He—he he provides a lot of problems for defense. But he gets happy feet pretty quick, and uh, that's—that leads to him making some mistakes, you know. So I, I do like that part. Um, but I think this is a great. Uh, First real challenge for us in the Big Ten. I like to see this because I think if you look at what Maryland has done, they played Buffalo, Charlotte, and then they've played SMU. Now, Charlotte was the one where they just completely beat down on Charlotte, but Buffalo provided a few challenges for them uh, in the passing game, but the running back had a good game. Um, And then... SMU provided a really big challenge for Maryland. Maryland had to come back and really pull this one out in the fourth quarter, uh, scoring two late touchdowns, I think, to even just go ahead and win the game. Uh, SMU, if if Michigan only provides or does the same uh, attack plan as SMU did, we should we should devastate that defensive backfield. I mean, SMU's quarterback threw for 364 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. And those two interceptions key in why they lost. And then their running back, oh no, their wide receiver, my fault, SMU's wide receiver, 11 catches for 193. Ho, oh, oh. ho. 
man, and that's just SMU. Imagine what a Roman Wilson or a Ronnie Bell or maybe even A2, Andrew Anthony gets into the into the mix this week. You never know. And then with our ability to have our running backs come out of the backfield, this could be a huge game for our passing game, which in turn will open up our run game. You know, so even if they start to say, okay, they know that we're weak, def- uh, our defensive backfield's weak, so now they're going to really kind of sit back and force J.J. to kind of check down. Well, then we can start running the ball. <laughs> I mean, and we have great running backs. I mean, we have four legit running backs, in my opinion. Four. I mean, that, that gash kid is coming up pretty quick. Now, granted, it was against three horrible teams, but still – uh, he looks better than last year. Last year, he still kind of looked like he didn't know what he was doing. This year, he's running hard, he's hitting the holes, and he's making some cuts, and he's looking decent. So, you know, by next season, holy crap, we're going to be unstoppable. But this season, we're looking very good in the defense, I mean, the offensive uh, run game. Uh, offensive line, this could be, uh, this is going to be a good challenge for us to make sure the pass protection is good. Because we need to save JJ, we don't need him taking un- any unnecessary hits this week. Because uh, we have Iowa coming up, which is a real beast of a defense. So, um, I mean, I, I think it. I think it's close for the most part, right? I think what Michigan does and what uh, Maryland does, it's going to be interesting to watch at first. Because I think the real, the real. Uh, position groups that I think need to win for like the keys of victory, the real position groups that need to win this week have to be the defensive backfield for us has to. That's a one a one B though, in my opinion, definitely not the ends, but the, the defensive tackles need to need to make that wall. They need to provide pressure up the middle to make uh, Talia get a little nervous and get those happy feet. So this way he rolls out and our defensive ends or outside linebackers can really just get the sacks because he's going to be moving. And that's another thing we need to do. We need to contain. This is a big week for our defensive ends to contain, set the edge. Do not allow Talia to get outside of the tackle because if he does, he presents a lot of fucking problems. We cannot allow that. So this is a big one for Mike Morris and for Braden McGregor because I tell you one thing. I know Maryland has watched that UConn game with a mobile quarterback and they saw how Mike Morris and uh, Braden McGregor completely ignored contain and they're going to set them up for that again. Why just just watch it. I'm telling you this is going to be a thing. Our defensive tackles, however, if they can provide pressure up front, get him nervous, stop the run. Uh, if we continue to allow, what is it, less than three yards per carry, that's going to be huge for us because that's going to put more pressure on Talia to do something. And he feels the pressure. Like I said, he gets happy feet. And when he gets happy feet, he makes mistakes. So that's what we need. We need to make him uncomfortable from the first snap to the last snap. Um, but... That only happens if the defensive backfield can and not give up any big plays, right? So it's kind of like a marriage, right? It's a hand-in-hand. One gives one, one gives the other. Boom, boom, boom. I don't even know if I'm making sense at this point. But um, it's. 
I really the defensive backfield needs to show up, and I don't think that they won't. I have every belief. I I think that this is a very good test going into the other later tests that uh, better passing teams. Um, mainly, and let's just throw it out there: Ohio State, right? Well, this is this is one that's going to give us an idea on how to get better to defend against Ohio State's great wide receiving core and great quarterback, right? I hate to even say it because I hate them, but it's true. They're good at these things. Um, so I like this test. I'm very interested. I think Mikey Stamer still look for the defensive star of the game. I think it's going to be Mikey Stamer still. I think he's going to have a major, major, like he's going to, he's going to get at least one sack. I think he's going to maybe even get an interception. I think this is a big game for him. Um, Watch for when Will Turn Will uh, Will Turner Will Johnson is in the game because I think they're going to want to t- try to expose him. Even though PFF says that he is uh, top fresh or one of the top freshmen when it comes to man-to-man coverage, but uh, Colorado State showed that you could you could get to him. So I don't don't for one second think that they haven't paid attention to that. Um, Will Johnson needs to have a big game. I think our safeties are going to show up. I think, uh, look, I mean, our just our defensive backfield is just going to be amazing in this game. I really believe it. I think DJ Turner can shut down Jarrett or um, Demas, right? I, I just, Demas, I don't even think he's really, he hasn't, I think that's his name. Um, he hasn't really had that great of a season yet. Right? He's really been kind of whatever. But it's Jarrett that's uh, been stepping up. Jarrett's had a few games of 100 yards receiving out of the three. So he's looking pretty good. So you you can imagine DJ Turner's going to be in that kid. Um, Jermon Green, I expect the same kind of coverage that he's been doing lately. He's been looking great. Uh, his coverage is immensely just gotten so much better from 2020. 2021 he got hurt, so you can't really, you know, grade him too much on that. But I just the defensive backfield is very important. Uh, the offensive group that needs to have a big day is the wideouts. I think our wideouts should dominate this game. If SMU can have a wide receiver who had 11 receptions for 193, I think it's I said, uh, there is no excuse with JJ's arm, the way JJ can move, that he can't get somebody or numerous guys six catches each, 100, you know, 80 to 100 yards receptions for both of them, a couple touchdowns. You know, I think that's a. I think it's an important game for the wideouts to prove that they um, are the mo. They are an improved and deep uh, position group. You know, because I mean, right now we really don't know who our who our most dynamic position group is on offense because we've played nobody really, and then our starters have played maybe a full game, a full game and a half, maybe, maybe full game and a half out of the three. So how do you really know? And I mean, even with this UConn game, we spent majority of our time in their territory, right? Our starting, we had very good starting positions for our drives. They had awful. So, and then our our special teams was on point. So when you have a block punt in their territory, you get a kickoff. Yeah, I mean, you get a punt return for a touchdown. Takes a takes that off the offense, right? You, no drives there. When your starting position is what I think it was our fifty or something like that. It was something crazy. It, our starting position for our drives were at midfield. I think it was. I could be wrong, but I think that's where it was. So when you start at midfield, 
there's not going to be a lot of great um great numbers in this game there just there just wasn't going to because you only are playing with half the field you know so I'm actually kind of excited to see uh, the offense play a full game because I think that's what's going to happen. If anything, it'll be at the towards the end of the fourth where you see our D, our starters come out, just like it would normally. I mean, I'm sure we're going to score. I I say we're going to score 45. I'm going to say it's like a 45-17 game. May I would even push it to 45-20. Uh, just because I do have respect for this passing game, I. I never like Maryland, and I just always think they're a bunch of phonies. But they have talent enough to score 20 on our defense, at least 20. So that's why I say if you dick around like we did against Rutgers last year, we could lose this game. I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't. I think that's why I think we're going to win like 45-17. That's going to be my official prediction. It's going to be 45-17. But... I mean, don't get it twisted. Like I've said numerous times in this episode so far, we dick around, we could lose. Um, which that's why I like. I love games like this. I really love games like this because it is a real mental test for a team that is trying to make the next leap, right? Because you have to stay mentally engaged. Because if you don't, you lose. If you do, you can kill them, right? And that's the thing with Maryland is that the, it, it, they help you get ready for the really harder teams like Iowa next week. We're really going to have to be mentally engaged for Iowa offensively because that defense is for real. So do you lose focus with Maryland because you're looking towards Iowa? You know, it, I guess it could be technically a trap game. I don't know, but I do love these games. I do love these teams that could beat you. That's why Rutgers is always fun to play. Because, like they showed last year, if you don't come mentally prepared, they can bite you in the ass. And it forces you to be in the game, be present. And that's what I like. I like a team that has to be present. Because that's just a good exercise in life and just in, in football in general. Be present, be in the game plan, be ready to play. I like that. And we had haven't had that in three weeks. We've slept we've slept walk through three weeks. So I'm really I can't wait to see what we have. Um, I'm expecting a f- may I'm telling you you may see a wide receiver come out of this that you didn't even expect to show up. That's why I think a two there should be a watch an a two watch because he may have a big game. He just may have a big game in this because Maryland's going to be paying attention to our two main guys, which is, you know, uh, Ronnie Bell, Roman Wilson. Our, hell, you could even have a tight end just show up and wreck havoc this week. You know, it's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see who shows up, but I guarantee you it's going to be a wide receiver or like a wide receiver tight end. It's going to be one of those two. I'm going to say it's A2 who's going to show up big. I'm hoping because I like the kid. And plus, I know him and JJ, I think they're roommates. And I would love to see that that relationship just continue to mature and become uh, just a devastating uh, on-field tandem. You know, that would just be amazing. Um, so everybody watch out for A2 this week. I think he's going to have a game. I think our offensive uh, group that needs to have the big game is going to be 
the wide receivers. But and for that to happen, the, the offensive line, once again, has to do its job, right? So that's the thing, right? Every every week we have to, I pick either uh, which position group's going to do something, which position group's going to stand out. Well, if you really break it down to its most elementary, like to the beginning core of it, well, I can't pick any position group that's going to stand out if one position group doesn't do its job and that's the line the offensive line jj can't have a great game he can't do anything the running game can't do anything the wide receivers can't do shit if the offensive line doesn't do their job right that's the position group that always has to shine out if in any part of the offense is going to run same with the defensive line if the defensive line doesn't do anything then the defensive backs have no shot because if they can't get pressure on, on Talia, then he's going to have all day to sit back there and pick those defensive players apart. That's why the defensive line and offensive line, I guess, should go without saying this. They always have to be the position group that shows up. They always have to for the others to excel, for those others to show how special and talented they are. The offensive line and the defensive line have to be there every week doing something. So... That's why I kind of get I get flipped up because it's like I want to predict the defensive backs to have a great game, but they can't have a great game if the defensive line isn't doing shit. They just can't. They're going to get picked apart. And then we're just going to blame it all on the defensive backs. You're going to be like, well, look, oh, he, he threw for over 400 yards and they had four touchdowns and uh, Jared had two, uh, five, six grabs for 170 yards and two touchdowns. How did that happen? Well, that's because a defensive line didn't do dick. That's why. You know, the defensive backs, if they have to cover for five seconds, six seconds, that's unheard of. That ball needs to be out, out. That Talia needs to be under pressure, worrying about him getting hit. And the reason why he makes mistakes is because the defensive line does its job. Same with the offense. So from here on out, that's always going to be the first one. Offensive and defensive lines have to show up for the others to be able to do their job. But when that happens, I'm telling you, the wide receivers this week should show out. Defensive backfield should show out. Plain and simple, that's how it is. Keys to victory, that's what, exactly what I just got done saying, right? We need the defensive backfield to show up, shut down, and we need the, we need the wide receivers to really just show up. And I, I just, I can't wait because I think this is a game that, like I said earlier, is built for someone to show up and like they're coming out party. As in, very good example, uh, Donovan Edwards last last year. Donovan Edwards had a decent, decent season for a freshman coming up all the way through the season. Even making some mistakes, tripping over his own feet sometimes, whatever. Had some big plays though, right? Showing that he could be the star that we thought he could be. Maryland game, bang, 10 receptions, 170 yards, a, a touchdown, two touchdowns, something like that. So this is this team is just perfect for someone to come out. And the one person everybody's been talking about is where is Andrew Anthony? I'm telling you, don't be shocked if he has a big game this week. Um, I think, uh, but the overall... And the MVPs of the game, I think it's going to be Saner still. I think, like I said, I think Saner still is going to get at least one sack. Because I'm not really convinced that our defensive ends are going to keep contained. I want them to. I think we absolutely have to. But they're going to get 
uh, they're going to get one of those sack hard-ons, and they're going to try and get that sack, and they're going, or they're going to chase down a run uh, like the running back, and then that tally is going to pull it, and then go right around him for a big gain, and or he's going to go right around him, and bang, that's when you run into Mike Sainer still. And then Sainer still is going to get an interception. Big game for Mikey Sainer still, number sub-zero. And then um, offensively, I think it's just going to be J.J. If A2 shows up, like I said, but that's, I'm going for an absolute lock, and that's J.J. J.J. will have over 300 yards passing, in my opinion. I know I always predict that, but, but I think J.J. will have 300 yards this week. Um, last week, he was three yards away from having three touchdowns. So, I mean, all these podcasts that have been bitching, well, why, why can't J.J. score? What's been going on? Blah, blah, blah. Why don't you, why don't you talk to the, the wide receivers that couldn't get in the end zone? Ronnie Bell, I think, twice was stopped at the one. Um, uh, Schoonmaker stopped at the one. Or I think it was like a little uh, pass to the, to the running back. Got stuck at the one. I mean, there was three one-yard touchdown runs for um, Corum. Three. And I know two for sure were uh, Schoonmaker and Bell. And I could have swore the other one was a pass to the to a running back. I could be wrong, but three. So those guys do their job and get into the end zone. Then J.J. has three touchdowns. I don't know what J.J. needs to do more. J.J. put the ball in their hands, put them to where they can make moves. It's not J.J.'s fault that they couldn't get that extra yard. Okay? just some that's That's why it's called a game of inches, right? A game of inches. JJ went from uh, no no touchdowns, but could have had three. <laughs> so it's just that's how it plays out. Had nothing to do with JJ. Had nothing to do with his performance. Had nothing to do with missing wide open wide receivers. Had nothing to do with that. It just had to do with the wide receivers and the tight end couldn't get into the end zone. That's plain and simple. And what are we going to do? On the one yard line? What are we going to do with Seattle Seahawk and fucking instead of just giving it to a running back to get the easy touchdown, we're going to try and throw it purely just to say that JJ got a throwing touchdown. That's horseshit. I don't know about you, but we go to win the games like poor Herm Edwards, who just got fired from ASU. You play to win the games. We get down on the one yard line. We're not there to boost somebody's stats. We're there to win the game. We're there to score a touchdown. And I don't give a shit how you score the touchdown, but the easiest option is always the best one. <laughs> I don't know why we got to make it hard. Last year, we were, mainly me, we were bitching and complaining that we're getting into the red zone and we we're trading touchdowns in for field goals. Now we have zero red zone problems. So let's stop getting bored or complacent or actually not even that. Let's just stop being spoiled. Let's stop being spoiled and say, oh, well, we're, where's why isn't JJ throwing more touchdowns? F off. We scored 59 points in a game where our starting drives were close to the, the opponents on their side of the field. Not a lot of big guards are going to happen. We won the game 59 to nothing. We looked great. J.J. was three yards away from three touchdowns, for throwing for three touchdowns. Let's just get over it, all right? Let's enjoy it. You know, let's stop trying to look for holes and why Michigan could be a phony and just enjoy the fact that maybe Michigan really is this good this year. Maybe we are finally on the level of an Ohio State, an Alabama, you know, maybe even a Georgia. <laughs> maybe. 
Why can't we just accept it? We look fucking fantastic. We should just accept it. Until they give us reason not to, why shouldn't we just be like, yeah, we have one of the most elite teams in college football. And I know we played three sacks of shit. I understand. But I think this week will really give us an eye, like, give us a look to see if how close we are. Because let's put it this way. We go into Maryland and we shellack them. I mean, they have to come here, but you know what I mean. We go into Maryland week, we play them, and we shellack them. And I mean, I'm talking, maybe it's just still like 45, 50, 50 to 7. Wow. That's going to be an eye-opener, right? That'll be like, we are elite. Are we still going to bitch and complain? Well, you know, JJ had two touchdowns, and Corum had, you know, three but he only had 80 yards rushing on like 12 carries. I mean, I don't know what we're doing. It's just like, what are we, why? Why complain about this stuff? It makes no sense. I mean, we, we've all watched football long enough. If you see a running back who has the stat line of 12 rushes, 71 yards, and five touchdowns, I don't know what that tells you, but that tells me that they were a bunch of short drives. A bunch of short drives. And then if you guess if you want to pour into the numbers, you would end up finding out that he had what three touchdowns of one yard. Obviously, that short drives in the opponent's uh, territory, boom. The running back usually can tell the story. Wider, also, quarterback. You scored fifty nine points. He threw for two fourteen. He only had three incomplete passes. What was that going to tell you? No touchdowns. That all would also tell me that they had an average starting position of a very good, very good spot. Like I said, in the 50 or lower. You know? They didn't have to march the ball down the field to get any type of result. That's why you got the numbers you got. Had nothing to do with mediocre play. Had nothing to do with it. Had to do with the amount of field they had to cover before they scored touchdowns. I just wish sometimes the people who get listened to the most, actually use their brain instead of just trying to complain. So, guys, that's it this week. I think we're looking for another great game, another fun game. I Like I said, I love these kind of games because it's going to force them to be into the game or we're going to lose because it could be very frustrating. Last, last year, that Rutgers game was very frustrating. I don't think J.J., however, will allow this team to do that. Right? I just don't, I just, I don't see it. Um, this should be a really good game. I'm looking forward to it. And a good game is that where I think we're going to put the smack down on them. My official is going to be 45-17. Um, watch us to pull the the starters like mid-fourth quarter because the game is going to be out of reach by that time. Um, great overall. If you're going to look for a surprise star of the game, I'm going to tell you offensively it's going to be A2. That's who I'm, that's who I'm hoping for. That's what I'm praying. That's what I'm focusing on. But just normal stars, Mikey Sainer still, and... J.J. McCarthy are just going to shine once again. Um, and then on to Iowa, right? As uh, the great Bill Belichick once said, on to Cincinnati, I think we do business, we shut it down. On to Iowa and another great test uh, for our offense and another day for our defense to completely shine. So uh, that's it. Guys, it's great. It really is great to be a Michigan Wolverine, especially this season. It is fantastic to be a Michigan Wolverine so far. And always and forever, guys, go blue.